0: Yeah, Yo, hey, you tell 'em heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick, and don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock like a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again, fully. This is the Gospel Unbroken podcast with Kevin and Alex. Let's awaken the lion. is up everybody welcome back to the gospel unbroken um man that song always gets me hyped shout out to brian t for making some awesome uh christian rap worship music um yeah it, it just gets me fired up to to sit down and and talk about the good word yeah so before we jump into romans chapter four today uh to continue with our scripture sessions scripture sessions Excuse me. Um, one, I'm a little under the weather, so uh, please forgive me if there's some sniffles. Um, but we're getting through it. We're fighting through it. The other thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we jump into it, I it, it, isn't it amazing how our children reveal things to us? Uh, so this morning, uh, I'm on I'm on full dad duty today, and normally my my dad duties consist of at the end of the day, because uh, I get up and go to work pretty early, so I don't normally do the kid drop off and and get them going for school in the morning. So I'm on I'm on dad duty this morning, and so it, it's it's kind of kind of chaotic getting getting things together, but you know it's it's a controlled chaos. Of course, it's it's always controlled, and my three year old comes out ready for preschool, um, and she's, she's got some mittens that she wants to put on, these little cloth mittens. Now, it's Washington, and it is absolutely pouring down rain outside, and she's in her little dress and some, like, sparkly uh, slip-on shoes, and she's got these mittens, and she's trying to put them on, and so I said, here, Parker, come here, I'll, I'll help you. And she proceeds to tell me, no, i do it all myself. And so I said, okay. So I sit there for a second. Theo's ready. He's standing by the door. And she's trying to put these mittens on. And then she's clearly struggling. And so I said, here, Parker, just, you know, let me help you real quick. And she proceeded to tell me again with a little more attitude this time, no, i do it. Okay, well we gotta go. Um so can you hurry up? And so she keeps trying, she keeps trying, she can't get it, can't get it. Uh and again I'm like, Parker, we, we gotta go. Like let me come here, let me help you. And she flops down on the floor and starts crying. She says, I can't do it and I was thinking about that. And I can only imagine how God feels as he sits on his throne and watches us. And as we fumble our way through life and often find ourselves thinking that, no, it's okay, God, I got this. And I just thought that was such a great picture. You know, and a reminder that we can't do this on our own without God. And it was kind of like in that moment, like Parker could not get the mittens on without my assistance. And it's kind of like our day to day going through life. Like we can't, we can't do this. We can't get through this without God. And too often we fight back and we want to be stubborn and do it ourselves. And the end result isn't, is never good. So, I just want to share that. that was, I, It was it was kind of a good moment for me. It was a reminder that I needed because you know, I find myself in that place of I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. When really I should just take a step back and say a prayer and talk to my father. So just a little little something for you guys. All right. So now uh, moving on to the good stuff and, and what we're here for today. So we're going to jump right back into the book of Romans uh, written by Paul. We've kind of been chopping our way through this. Um, and so we're we're going to continue on with chapter four uh, today in the book of Romans. Sorry, my microphone's kind of acting a little funny. Or maybe it's just me being under the weather and it sounds funny in my ears. Uh, so if the audio is off today, I apologize, my friends. Um. So, okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. I'm just going to kick it off. Uh, Romans chapter four, verse one. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about, but that was not God's way for the scriptures. Tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So here Paul's, you know, he's reminding us, Abraham was, you know, like he says, humanly speaking, the founder of the Jewish nation, uh, and Paul's referring to him as an example of what it means to come to God in faith. You know, as we look back at Abraham in the book of Genesis, we find that you know he was a man who was set apart for God. Now, I'm sure, just like everybody else on this planet, he, he had made plenty of mistakes. The, he, he was not exempt to that, but he's still someone who we would consider. He had it all together, right? But with that being said, he had to come to God the same way that you and I do, and that's through faith. And he tells us, tells us that here. He, he did nothing to deserve the special promises that God gave him. You know, he, he didn't do anything crazy you know, in the same way that you and I can do nothing to deserve the promises of forgiveness and redemption that God offers us. In fact, Abraham was a lot more like us than than it seems on the surface. We know that he was an old man when God promised him a son. But he was an old man before he even began his journey with God. He was roughly, he was about 75 when God made himself known and called Abram at the time to leave. Is it possible that Abram was called to leave the city life to remove him from the temptations at home? You know, if we go back in the scriptures uh, to Joshua, um, I believe 24 four two, he tells us that Abram's father was, was a worshiper of idols. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Noah, Nahor, sorry, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. Which would likely mean that idol worship was was a familiar part of Abram's world. So now God comes on the scene, and you know asks Abram to leave, and leaving behind his his father's house meant that he had to leave behind everything that uh was familiar to him following jesus is going to call us to leave behind what is familiar just as it did abram you know this this is the point in which we have to come to god by faith alone because it's going to take faith in god to be able to boldly and courageously step out of what is familiar to us Um, because what is familiar to us naturally is going to be this sin ravaged world because we are human. But we have to put our faith in God to step away from that and step away from what we've always known and what's familiar to us. You know, if he, if God comes on the scene in Abram 75, that's 75 years of building a familiar routine. Now we, we take that into the consideration that, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't come to God until my thirties. You know, I, I had lived a life and I'd lived in a way that was familiar to me. That was away from God. And so that shift, that transition from what's familiar to what God is calling me to do. That's a tough, that's a, that's a tough place. That's a tough transition to make and that's a, a, extremely tough to make alone, which kind of ties in what we've continued to talk about with brotherhood and church family and, and surrounding yourself with the right people. Because when you're in that transition and you're wrestling with the questions of of faith and you're wrestling with, you know, context in the Bible and scriptures and what they mean like that. You need those people around you to get through that transition, to, to to build that faith. Sorry, my dog is barking. Hey, bro, it's all good. Hey, all good. Lay down. We're just gonna roll with it. We're gonna, we're gonna leave Doug in the podcast. Hey, go lay down. All good. Um. Anyway, so yeah, making that making that shift, making that transition, um, and and growing our faith. It's it's imperative. That we surround ourselves with those people, um, so continue to to build those relationships, and I just want to throw that that in there real quick. so moving on um, Romans four four when people work, their wages are not a gift but something they have earned, but people are counted as righteous not because of their work but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it, he says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes. What joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. So now here Paul is using the comparison of earned wages. You know, when we work, our wages are not a gift from our boss or from our employer. Uh, but it's something that we earn. But people are righteous in God's eyes, not by their works, but by faith in God who forgives sinners. And I love how Paul, he, he always goes back to the scriptures, whether it's to uh, explain what he's saying or, you know, defend his words. Here he says, David spoke of this when he described happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. And then he quotes Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. And so if we go back to Psalm 32, and just um, before before I go back into this, just, just a little food for thought or something for your, you guys to maybe throw into your arsenal and things to do that I've started doing recently that I didn't do. But when I'm reading Scripture, and they quote, you know, whatever I'm reading, if it's quoting another part of Scripture, I used to never go back and tie into and see, okay, what's he quoting? I've never, I, I didn't, never really do that, and I started doing that recently, and it's it's quite fascinating, actually. So, if we go back to Psalm 32, uh, what Paul is quoting here, it is the Psalm of David, and he says, "Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight." Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with the songs of victory. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you who obey him shout for joy. All you whose hearts are pure. And man, I went, I went back and read that, and it was, I mean, a, a a couple things. It's it's fascinating, like I said, that that Paul often refers back to to scriptures, which is something for us to recognize and, and kind of take note of and and use that, right? God gave us sixty six books to live life by. It's a manual. And so, when we are put in predicaments, or we are put in situations, or, or we are asking questions, um, why don't we always go back to this book? Because we can find something, you know, everywhere in this book to to defend us, to to tell us what's right, to tell us what's wrong, to tell us which direction to go, to tell us how we're supposed to live, to tell us. How we're supposed to be husbands, how we're supposed to shepherd our children, how we're supposed to be a part of the church, how we're supposed to love our neighbor. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on, and yet we don't go back to this like Paul does. So I found that I I I found that fascinating the more and more that I do that, and so you know, so he goes back to like I said, back to Psalm 32, verse one and two. The final line that Paul quotes here. He's he's narrowing the focus from the blessing that comes to people in general to the blessing that comes to the individual believer. We've all failed desperately. We've hurt people. I mean, I, I've... Yeah, I've hurt my my fair share of people. And I've been hurt. And some people, you know, in ways that are not repaired easily. Right? Sometimes we hurt people to an extent that you know it may never fully be repaired, and you know we we talked about this in regards to forgiving people. You know, so if we're honest, you know, how many people do we do we wish forgiveness from, including ourselves, right? Including forgiving ourselves. What can we do with our guilt? Well, we learn from Paul and David, and it, you know when we acknowledge it and confess it to God, and experience God's forgiveness, we can begin to find joy. We can go back to the song, right? He says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. So, you you want to stop feeling guilty. Confess it to God. David tells us right here, Years later, Paul refers us back to David, back to the psalm, right? Each each one of those steps, you know, confessing it to God, uh, to experiencing God's forgiveness, those, each one of those steps, that is an act of faith. But the result of your act of faith will be joy. It takes faith to acknowledge our sin and confess it right? Like that, that's a tough thing to do to acknowledge. And I'm not even talking, acknowledging it to people. I'm talking, acknowledging it to ourselves. I'm talking, acknowledging it to the father like that. That takes faith. David tells us, and Paul sends us back to David. If we do this, we can receive God's forgiveness and rejoice in joy. He tells us right there. And so then, you know, moving on, uh, verse 9 now is this blessing only for the Jews or is it also for the uncircumcised Gentiles well we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith but how did this happen was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised clearly God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous, even before he was circumcised. So, Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So, again, just one thing to touch right there. Yeah, He says, they are counted as righteous because of their faith. Just, again, another reminder that there's nothing we can do to be righteous in God's eyes except have faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. You do that, the rest is in his hands. He then goes on to say, Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. How important is that relationship? Again, we go back to the things that, that we can do in, you know, faith, faith alone. But then how do we build that relationship with God? Think about if you Think about it, you know, if if you're married, right? Could you have gotten to where you are in your marriage or, you know, if you're not married to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your best friend, you know, whatever it is, think think of a relationship, a very important relationship to you in your life. And now imagine that in that relationship, y'all never talked. Now (laughs) that sounds crazy, right? As a crazy thought to think that me and my wife would be married today and, and, you know, living the life that we're living, having never spoken to each other or one speaks and the other doesn't listen, which I might be the case for some, but (laughs) we're not going to go there. Um, I'm just playing. So, but, but think about that, right? So how do we talk to God? We talk to God in prayer. But we also have to listen to God. We can't just talk. We have to listen. And vice versa, we can't just listen, right? We have to talk to him. We have to tell him our needs. Tell him our, you know, I, I get it. God knows all everything, but he wants to hear it from us. He wants us to talk to him. He wants to us to to strive for him and reach for him and, and, desperately want a relationship with him that's what he wants and so we have to talk to him right and then you know moving on he says if if god's promise is only for those who obey the law then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless so right there he's he's telling us if it if it solely relied on if it, if it was about our works none of us could do it right faith would be pointless promise is pointless, there there would be no need for faith. But we cannot uphold the law. We cannot live up to that standard. He says, for the law always brings punishment to those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. I'm going to say that again. For the law always brings punishment to those who try to obey it. Now, our human brain says, well, that's kind of, that don't make sense. You know, why why have this law if, without a doubt, it's going to bring punishment to me if I try to obey Well, that's why Jesus died. That's why Jesus came to, to earth. The word became flesh. The word was nailed to a cross. Crucified put in the tomb, and then three days later he rose so that we could be washed in his blood and forgiven. That's it, because we, can't, we cannot obey the law. So, the promise he received by faith it is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened and this happened only because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Now, I want to hone in on that scripture right there for just a second. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. How many of you have found yourself at a point in life where you felt like nothing? Because I'll tell you what, I, I, I have many times. I found myself sitting in a jail cell, feeling like an absolute failure, feeling like nothing. I had, I had gotten away from... You know, a a tough place that I grew up in. I'd gotten away. Everybody told me that I was going to be nothing. I'd gotten away. I joined the Marine Corps. I honorably served this nation. I was something. I felt like something. I felt like I was a part of a team. I felt like I was a part of something that was so much bigger than myself for a cause that meant something to people. And then I found myself sitting in this jail cell and I felt like nothing. And I truly believed it. Like I truly believed what the devil was telling me at that time. That I was nothing. That yeah, you may have got away for a little bit but that was just, I, you know, you just pulled one over on the people for a few years. You really are nothing. And you really are going to be nothing. And this is your destiny. And I believed it to my core. Believed I was, I was nothing. I got out of jail. I sat in a room for days and I still believed that I was nothing. But Paul tells us here in Romans, he brings the dead back to life. I was dead inside. 100% I felt dead inside. And he creates new things out of nothing. I was nothing. And he created something new. I went, he, he, he created, yeah, <laughs> he created something new. Because I'll tell you what, the person I am today is nothing like the person that sat in that jail cell. To the core. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically posture of my heart, the way I think, the way I talk, the way I carry myself, the way I act, the things that mean something to me, the things that are important to me, the things I focus on, and none of it is the same. So I was made new by God. I, I said, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need something. And God reached out and grabbed me. And said, yeah, I know. So come come follow me. Follow my son. He is the truth. He is the light. And you're in a dark, dark place, brother. But you can be made new. And I will bring you back to life. 418 says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing. That he would become the father of many nations sitting in that jail cell there was no hope sitting in an empty house after being in a jail cell there was no hope sitting in a courtroom after uh, after being in jail after sitting in an empty house sitting in a courtroom there was no hope there was there was no reason for it everything i had was gone i i they were trying to throw the book at me There was no reason to have hope. But I held on to whatever it was at the time that I had no idea what it was that grabbed me at that first sermon I said. I held on to that. I said, there's got to be something here. There has to be. And it it was not an easy journey. Like, it was not easy. As soon as I went to church and, and said, yep, I need you, God. It, it it wasn't the flip of a light switch. And it was like, everything's okay. Now the, the next six, seven months drug out in court. I sold the house I was living in. I started living in a friend's basement. I tried to go to college. Um, Got to college. Then there was, there was problems with getting flight status because of, of the court stuff. Then my mom got cancer. Then I moved back home uh, to be with my mom. while She had cancer. Then my family life blew up because I confronted um, some sexual abuse. This, this carried on for two and a half years. But I kept holding on to hope. I kept going back to church. I kept seeking God. I kept reaching for him. I kept reading his word. And I am in a good place today. A great place. I have an amazing wife. I have amazing kids. I'm on dad duty. So I got to, you know, kind of wrap this up pretty quick because the clock's ticking. Because I got to go pick up baby girl. Um, but yeah, so don't lose hope. There's one place you can find hope. Always. It never goes away, and that is in Jesus. So just wrap this up real quick. Um, For God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was, con- he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life. To make us right with God. Don't ever waver from believing God's promise. You will face trials. You will face tough times. You're going to face struggles. But but if you lean into this. And you lean into God. Your faith will grow stronger. And it will bring glory to God. And because of that. God will count you as righteous. And that's all I got. Stay bold. Stay courageous. Stand by. Yo, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock like a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical. Born again, fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you're a Christian if you're not at work?